mind, I want to learn another shtickle from the Sefer. We learned yesterday a piece. So if Dayun doesn't mind, I want to learn together another piece. So let me read, I want to, this is first from the altar of Nevardik, and then we're going to, and then we're going to read, it's a very small piece, and then a little bit of a larger piece, it's two pieces that I, my Rebbe spoke about a lot, that I want to read on, the, the heading is false certainty, is the name of the paragraph, and he says, first we're going to quote the altar of Nevardik, this is a direct quote from the altar of Nevardik, we're reading it in English, even though he wrote it in Hebrew. The distinction between one who engages in birur hamidos, the Alter and the Vardik spoke about this a lot. Birur hamidos, Anil. Birur hamidos is a person who's really striving. Good to see you, Zevola. Birur hamidos is a guy who's really striving to perfect himself. It's, if I had to describe in yeshiva what I want, one of the things I don't want to limit it is an honest person with themselves. You see, you meet people throughout life who are so not self-aware. That's like the basis of Musa is self-awareness. I'm like so freaked out. Yaakov and I speak about this a lot. If you meet somebody, a 50-year-old guy, and he's not self-aware, it's like, what are you doing with your life? You're doing nothing. You haven't done it. The Gros says, Shui, that the purpose of life, off of your coats, Michal and Shui, that's rule number one. Better no coat and no yarmulke than a coat and... No yamka. Does anybody have a yamka for him? Maybe in. Uh, do, do, is there a yamka in Rabbitz's? Oh, perfect. Oh, perfect. So perfect. Is there any in there? Okay. So thanks a million. Ah. Spunky look. Good, Michal. So the rule is like this. You see a guy who's 50 years old and he's not self aware, it is a massive condemnation. It's a massive condemnation of a person that he's not self-aware. Why aren't you aware? And you see people all the time. If a guy thinks he's a great ball player and he's not, it's a big time on the guy. I mean that completely sincerely. A guy thinks he has a great voice and he doesn't. It's a condemnation. It's so important to be self-aware, to have an awareness of what I am. A guy who doesn't realize how good he is is a condemnation. A guy who doesn't realize how good that's it's it's related to Purim. It's something I want to do before Purim. Shmuel gives Shola Melech Musser. You think you're small. Shaul was an anav, you but it was bad humility. The Navi criticized him. you big stuff. And it was a tain that Shalom Melech's humility was a tain on him. Lack of self-awareness is a huge tain on a person. We are born. We are born, the Gros says, that the purpose of Chaim is to fix your Midas. How do you fix if you're not aware? The first thing of fixing anything is diagnosing the problem. In medicine, in cars, in any area of life, before you fix, you have to diagnose the problem. Self-awareness, aware of your strengths, aware of your flaws, to be aware of oneself. To be aware of how he looks in other people's eyes. That awareness, what am I, who am I? I'm, I'm amazed. I'm amazed often at people's lack of self-awareness of who they are, of what they are. It's mind-blowing. Literally mind-blowing. So, and this nakuda of self-awareness is not an extra luxury in life. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter said in Musser that the number one you cite in Musser is Das Atzmach, know yourself. Self-awareness. That was like his first Das Atzmach, know yourself. That's like the number one thing in Musser. A lot of addiction is lack of self-awareness. If you read books about addiction, we live in a very addicted society. The ichor of addiction is your brain is owned. Addicts trick themselves day and night. If you want to hear a very addict-like thing, a guy says, I quit, that's it! And then he does Averis. That's a famous trick of addiction. It owns your mind. So I give up! I give up just means your, your addiction owns you again. What does it mean I give up? What does that mean? It just means I have a right to do what I want to do. I give up, that's it, I'm done. Addicts very much blame others. It's your fault. You're stressing me. If you ever try to encourage an addict to stop, you're stressing me. You're causing me to do everything he's just owned. 
It's lack of self-awareness, lack of understanding of himself, of what he wants. An addict always says, tomorrow, my plan is next year. Every addict, the, the, the language of addicts and Risham, they're not, not the addicts of Russia, the language is always the language of tomorrow. Next year, next time, that's always the language. All these are not self-awareness. Why, why would I grow next year? Why won't I advance right here and now? If I'm convinced that it's better and I plan to do it, so why later? That's just what the addiction voice. The addiction voice is, I'll grant you you're right, you shouldn't do this, but let's wait for later. And all of life, you wait for later. And the later never comes. Awareness, self-awareness, complete, real self-awareness is the, is the, is the number one point to all of Musr, self-awareness. The altar of Nevar, they called it Birr Hamidus. Birr Hamidus is when a guy, to be Mevarer is to clarify when you really have yourself down. I've told you this story before. I once had a mother, Shui, in my office, literally crying. She came to Waterbury and she was crying about her son. Crying hysterically, like really concerned about her son. So I asked her, I told her I'm gonna do, I want to do something. I called the son into the office in front of his mother and I begged him, I said this is hard, I begged him to trust me and do this. I said, give her a report on yourself. <laughs> give her a report. Tell us what's happening. He proceeded to say every worry of his mother. He spoke out, understood it unbelievably, and described how he's trying to beat it. His mother was shocked. Once the guy's trying, he knows, he's self-aware. So excellent, there's nothing more to add to the sugya. It's very nice the mother's worried, he's worried, he's self-aware, he's working on it. That's great. It's when the person has no awareness of the issues. If the person's incapable of being aware, that's called pathological. Pathological is the person has a mental disorder, okay. What do you say? Pathological is when it's very, very deep. It doesn't, it might not have a cure. I'm talking about a normal person who chooses willfully not to know himself. You see this all the time. And it's tragic. A 50-year-old who just doesn't know himself is tragic. And the importance of self-awareness. You're at ages when you first, first start meeting yourself. You know the little kid, my visual, the little kid who, who finds his hand? I love that stage. They're at a very oral stage where the mouth is very important. So everything they find goes into the mouth. They see things on the floor in the mouth. Somehow taste, it's very interesting on little kids how important the mouth is. Anything they want to experience goes in the mouth. So they find their hands, they bring it to the mouth. When a little kid finds his foot, you see him lying down, he's pulling his foot to his mouth. It's the cutest thing. At 16, you find yourself. Whoa. I'm jealous, I'm scared. I'm, you just like find yourself 16, 17, 18. A guy likes to discover himself. And then the healthy person continues to discover himself. You're 42 and you're still discovering things about yourself that you never have. It's a long process. We're very afraid, to be honest. It's very hard to see yourself. We could see guys who could read everybody in the world could have no knowledge of themselves. You also have a lot of negios not to see yourself. You have a lot of negiyas because you're afraid, you don't know. It's much biases. It's much easier to analyze somebody else than yourself. People who cannot analyze everybody in the world but themselves are like zero. Like un- you're like, you know yourself like you know a Chinaman. Like they're no shaykhs. Birr Hamidus is the art of really understanding yourself, of really getting it. That's called, the altar always calls Birr Hamidus. He says the distinction between one who engages in Birr Hamidus and one who does not is made clear when he is notified of his flaws. To somebody whose life's pursuit is working on themselves, Birr Hamidus, like the altar calls it, they want to work out themselves. So when somebody tells them a flaw, if someone does Birr Hamidus, he will be receptive. He'll actually appreciate it, regardless of whether he indeed has, even if he doesn't have the flaw, he's willing to hear it. Bira means clarifying, working out your midas, but being aware, clarifying, to be mevarer is to clarify, to be aware. He says somebody who is into Bira Hamidas, if somebody tells you a flaw, it's not easy, but you're receptive of it. You accept it. They told me. It was interesting. After learning by my Rebbe, who spoke about this all the time, I was in Eretz Yisrael, I was 19 years old, and a friend in a very deep way criticized me. He apologizes till today. He was in a bad mood and he didn't do it for... I don't say he did it lishma, 
but he criticized me. Till today, he apologizes, I thank him. I think he made a big impact on my life, what he told me. I was 19 years old, and only the credit is only because my Rebbe, because I sat by my Rebbe, who told us it's not easy, it stings when somebody tells you something. Somebody really criticizes deeply, it stings. But it's so valuable and precious. It's so important. A person involved in Bira Amid, the Alt of Navardic says this. Even if he doesn't have that flaw, he wants to hear it. He, and conf- the altar says, surprisingly, even if he doesn't even have that floor, he'll listen to it and he'll admit that he has the floor. I don't even know what the altar means. He doesn't have the floor. And the altar says, a guy who cares about Biramidis will admit to it. I don't know what he's admitting to. I don't fully understand the altar. We'll see what Raiper says on this. But the altar says that a guy who cares about Biramidis and is accused of a flaw will listen and will even admit to a flaw he doesn't have. I don't know what that means, but he says, when he hears rebuke, it penetrates his heart's depths and stirs him to detect some failing, enabling him to appear. He wants to hear. That's what he's about. See, so he hears something that's a criticism instead of melting. Oh my goodness, a chutzpah. He says, no, please tell me. Whoa. Any bit, his whole life, is. he wants to get closer to Hashem. He wants to improve. So his whole life's about fixing his midas. So if somebody criticizes, he like jumps to it. Please. He gives a hug and a kiss. It hurts. Be normal. We're human beings. It hurts. But it's exciting. So he hears some criticism. He grabs it. Where can I incorporate it? How can I fix myself? How, please tell me, please. There's a bacher here who's, 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 who's tremendous example, as I'm reading this out in the Maradik, and everything in the yeshiva speaks about the honor, I call it a, that's what I mean sincere, an honest person who's willing to work, to hear, to grow. Anybody, anybody's watched Arya Barnett's unbelievable growth this year, this Nakuda. In honesty, if you, if you would tell him, please tell me, please, please tell me. Because a person who's real and authentic person, please, that's what I'm here for. There's nothing wrong to have flaws. Every human being does. There's something, there's something wrong with not willing to be honest and figuring, not being involved in Birr Hamidus, in really actively trying to get to myself and correct and improve and develop. A person becomes gorgeous, a developed person. But there are people that are 50 that have never faced themselves. My Rebbe always says people have the courage to face the whole world except themselves. You see people like that. The guy's like a powerful lawyer. It's not easy in the corporate world. And he's battling this and that. He battles the world. He has no self-awareness. Nothing. Like the guy's like a complete shame. He never had the courage to look inside. It's too scary. He's too afraid. People panic. There's nothing wrong with any flaw you had. God made us that way. There's something wrong with why aren't you work. There's nothing wrong with being jealous. With being, people are consumed with jealousy and never admit it. They, they never work on it. They never, they never analyze. They're never aware. They never, people have all different things, but no self-awareness. Of what am, if you hear a criticism, so we just melt, fall apart, you should be strong and powerful and hear a criticism. Somebody in Bira Amidus, even when they don't have it, says, but maybe I have a little .001 of that and will work to eradicate it. When he hears rebuke, it penetrates his heart's depths and stirs him to detect some failing enabling him to repair. I'm born to repair that. Please say that again. If you detect somebody's telling you something, there's a little bit of criticism. Say it again. Maybe epis epis, I haven't. On the other hand, one who does not engage in biramid, it's not what I'm about, will completely shut out one who points out even a genuine flaw. He will cover up and deny it and never admit to it. It's worth it to be born. I, I should read this paragraph, the Alta Navarra, to you a hundred times. I really should. The difference in the two people, the guy who cares about Birr Hamidais, he just wants to grow. If you tell him a flaw and it stings, we're not being fake people. It kills when somebody criticizes him. His mother says something to him, it kills, and she's angry. The one who cares about Birr, when his mother says it in a moment of anger, he thinks about it, he goes to his room, and it hurts, and he's even annoyed. He goes to his room, and even if it's not true, he says, but what yes can I take out of it? Might not be fully true, maybe there's a little. I'm born to change. He's receptive to a criticism, even subtle, even it's not so true. It was said in the, in the middle of a football game, a guy said to him, you're so, the person who's about Birr Hamidais, 
but the Altos Veramidas grabs it and runs with it and really like sees and even admits to it. I think the Altos doesn't, when the Altos says he admits to it, if it's not true, he means it's not fully true, like every lie, but he admits to it and not fakely. Yeah, you're right, you're right. He admits to it. He says, you know, I could talk here that I have some shaykh to that. And he works on it. And the one who's not interested in Birrahmid, if somebody insults them, they just shut it out. Even when it's genuine and completely true and said sincerely. You think about the difference in those two people. This is what my Rebbe wanted to produce. And this is what I look, I call us the last Nevardic Yeshiva. I want to produce a genuine person, authentic, sincere person, whose life is spent Birrahmidis. Whose wife one day will say a mean line to him. He doesn't say, oh, and run away. He says, he, he goes, thinks about it. I don't care, she, she, didn't, she was upset, I don't know. But he says, maybe I'm shy, so maybe there's something I can perfect. I'm born to perfect. It doesn't mean I'm bad, I'm delicious, I'm wonderful. But it means, guess what? We have things to work out. That's how life works. So somebody criti- it could be a bad person criticizing the guy. So you could, the person who doesn't want biramidis just shuts it out. If you want biramidis, you don't care where it comes from. You got it. You got you got epis. Let me grab. How much can I show it to myself? A, 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 a parent once said to Ray Kaufman Shlita, a guy once said to Ray Kaufman, that "I'll pay you a million dollars if you fire Kalish. I'll pay you a million dollars to the issue. The wealthy guy, you can give it in a second. So right, Calvin said, Kish, I'm putter from paying you for many years. I lost a million dollars because of you. So the guy said, I'll pay you a million dollars. So you could just, so obviously the guy's angry at me. So you could shut it out. Not, people get angry. It doesn't mean you're bad or wrong. But listen to what a guy's saying. Guy's angry at you. What are you upset about? And then, and then introspect. It's easy just to shut out. He's a rush. Remember? Introspect. Maybe saying something. We're born to work our midas. If some, <laughs> I'm an independently wealthy Russian. But if somebody, if somebody shmuli, if somebody rips you, we're born. If you remember, we are born. The gross says the purpose of life is to fix our midas. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We're here to perfect our midas. If you hear of imperfection. You're normal, you're hurt, it stings. I don't say, oh, I'm so happy. I don't say that, it's not fun. When somebody criticizes, we're human beings. I'm not asking, it would be silly at this table to tell a guy, you should be so happy. No, it hurts. But in your hurt, keep in mind, we are born to perfect ourselves, to work on our midas. The grass says, it's the purpose of life. So then go to yourself and say, how can I, is there even something that's not fully true? But you find where maybe I can talk of this. There's something here I can approve. What a gift. That friend when I was 19 gifted me. He apparently was such a gift. I feel he said a lot that was true. He, and he was in anger. It was a, it was a moment of anger. He, he really helped me. He said things that were very true. I am a better person today because of when, he, when that friend ripped me when I was 19 years old. I'm a better person, I think, I hope, I pray. I think he wouldn't criticize me as much on that point anymore. He had a good point. So it's easy, it, if you care, and my Rebbe trained us, Hamidus, that we're born to fix. So a guy, you get criticism one day by anybody. You could write off the person, shut out the person, be angry at the person for 40 years. Or you could be a person who says, that was a gift, Hashem, thank you. It wasn't the person. He's angry, he's mad, he shouldn't have, it's so sad he did it. Okay, so he's a bad guy. But once again, you got a gift from Hashem. So you got a gift. Now say to yourself, the person interested in Burma is secure enough, courageous enough for Biramidus, says, one second, maybe it's a little true. Maybe he said something that was there. How can I talk and correct that point? I'm alive after all for this. Die forever. To live for, to die for. This I didn't say my Rebbe. This is the altar of Nevardic. You hear what you hear what we were treated to in my unbelievable. I'm going back. I'm I'm not with you now. I'm, I'm in a time machine twenty-five years ago. Such an altar to hear such an altar, who talks like this, guys? In a world of lies, who talks like this? This is what this is the treat of the altar of Nevardic, a Bikush Emes. This is the treat of being in a Musi Yeshiva. To die, I, we could just read this all day today. This should be like a McGill. We're just laying it all day. This will be the Simchas Purim. Who talks like this, Shui? The truth. This is the truth. This is the truth. The Alta teaches us. 
This is what, Shui, I want to produce. Honest people who are not afraid of honesty, who want to hear the mm-hmm. truth, are not, and it said the truth. And let's, somebody was amazed. A father came, who's very into Musa. He said, you learn Musa every day in Yeshiva. It's hard to learn. People don't like learning Musa. We're a weird place, guys. People don't like Musa's Mechayev. Musa obligates. Musa says, do something about it. Muslims mechayiv. People don't want obligation. In this yeshiva of authentic people, we want to be obligated. Bring it on. And I'm willing to look inside, and I'm willing to say, I made a mistake, chatasi. I'm willing to say, I made a mistake. I'm willing to say, I was wrong. I'm willing to say deeper that there's something about me that has to be fixed up. There's nothing wrong with that. We're born to fix up. We're born to fix up. To really say there's something about we're great people. It's not low esteem. People only with esteem can do this. We're great, awesome, beautiful people. We are born. You meet fathers. The guy's 50 and he's still a horrible father. What is wrong with this guy? That he's a bad father is not what's bad about him. That he never worked on it. Why are you 50 and still the same mean husband? How can it be? You didn't do Beramidas. How can it be at 50 you're still the same lousy husband? How's it Shaykh? And good people, the guy's a longer bird. He He's very from. He just has no Shaykhist himself. He's no Biramidis. The guy's from as can be. He's a tzaddik. His whole city knows him as a tzaddik. But he's the same, I'm sorry to speak tough. He's the same jerk of a husband. I'm sorry to use a bad word. I beg Michil. But I have to bring out the point. He's the same bad husband for 25 years. But it's Shemayna Esrei in the city is a tzaddikal. But Lemaise is the same bit. You know why? Because he's not honest with himself. He never sat with himself and figured himself out. 25 years, he's the same lousy, good for nothing guy. Come on. The answer is Bir Hamidos. Look in the mirror and say, is there some, be courageous. I'm not a bad guy. You're wonderful. Hashem's crazy. He created you. Now let's go. Let's go. Get busy with life. Life itself is getting yourself better, working out Midas. But you have to be honest and real and authentic and a willingness to, to introspect, to hear. Your mama criticizes you. Grab, behold, that's such a beautiful opportunity. It hurts. We're normal. My father, I'm Zeich, and I'm Zeich, and my father is, is a Rebbe of mine, is honest with me. He'll, he'll say something once. He'll give a, a Teichach. He once told me, he said, a Rav can't be late to the minion. He gave me Musr for being, as the Rav, you come late. Okay, I haven't corrected fully yet. I'm trying. I'm trying very hard. It matters to me. I don't look at it being late. as Being late is, is a terrible Aveira. Terrible. And it's a crime and I'm, I'm sinning. Don't, don't learn from it. And, and, and know that it's wrong. Don't make a shit of it. It's wrong. It's very, very bad. And the terror says, we have Nisyanis, we're challenged. And we have to work on it, straight up. No, no ifs, no, no, nothing else. Doing. Baruch Hashem, I'm a little bit... I was on time twice last night at two different meetings. I was very proud of myself in a very real way. It wasn't easy. Everybody has their Nisyanis. It was murder. Two meetings to be on time. A lot went down to try. And oh. <laughs> You know, you know, you know how bad you are. Like you're on time once, like to two zachin in the night. It's like a ganzer cheer. You're right. You're right. It's like the bronze chair ball player. If he makes like four errors in a game, when he makes a play, the crowd is a certain type of sarcastic cheer. Like the guy's been booting the ball around the whole game. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it's come to. A guy makes a play. They call it the Brang's chair, it's called, in ball playing. Like a guy's done bad. A guy misses like nine free throws in a game and his team's losing because of him. Then he hits like a meaningless free throw and they're down 12 with 22 seconds left. The crowd gives him a Brang's chair. Good morning. <laughs> you hit one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But the important point, Rabbi Say, is to be honest. To understand, I want to tell you, a guy came up to me when Ray Kaufman asked me to start this high school eight years ago. We had a meeting, Pesach time, and he said, I want you to start a high school. So, Cholomite Pesach, downstairs in the shul in Brooklyn. So Ray Kaufman said, I want you to start a high school. The first thing I said, I knew myself, I'm not a principal, I know myself. I know, I, and I knew certain flaws, and I said, I'll only do, you give me Ray Oberlander. Like, I'm going to say this, I'll say this honestly. He asked me for a contract. I didn't get a penny more. You're becoming a Rebbe to a principal. The contract meeting was instead of giving me a penny more, hire partner, I hired Ray Oberlander. Instead of not a penny more, give me Ray Oberlander instead of increasing my salary. And that's what he did. And a guy said to me, you're so smart. 
People are so dumb, only because of my Rebbe, I'm willing to say that, yeah, I have flaws. People can, if you recognize your flaws, you bring in a partner. There's so many things to do in life if you're but self-aware. If you're not self-aware, so you have no solutions because you think. Instead, be honest with yourself, what you are, what you are, and who you are, what you can. My visual of this honest guy is the big man who's supposed to get rebounds and he's standing outside shooting threes. I once coached a team in the summer, the beautiful Bentaria. There's nothing to do with life. But he was a big man and he didn't know how to play big man. Oh, was I on his case. We won the championship in Ray Beitler's basketball thing. I had the big man playing big man. He wanted to be everywhere on the court but down low. So everywhere on the court but down low. So he was always out of position to grab boards, not offensive boards, not defensive boards. The biggest guy in the court. When I, if he walked out of the down low, I was all over the game. I'm a very tough coach. But it, that, now he's a delicious, wonderful Bentayur, nothing to do with life. I was on the stupid court, doesn't matter. But be, be honest who you are, what you are, what you, be honest. But there are Hamidas. It was not symbolic, this guy in life is honest, it was only on the court. But there are Hamidas. The clarity of what you are, what your flaws, to know yourself. There's so many things you could do if you understand. And if you don't understand, there's nothing you can do. You can't fix any problem that's not diagnosed. Not medically, not in your car. If the, problem, the first step in you, your car is a problem. I'm a big buck in these things. The first step is diagnose the problem, diagnostic. What's the problem? There's no vitor till you know the problem. On your own self, there's no vitor till you know yourself. And you start at 16, 17, and if you're a real person, you continue. We live in an addicted society. We are so ripe. For all of addictions is the not knowing yourself. That's the side of addiction. You're just owned. An addict is a, is a comedy show. He's completely owned. Owned. The Cheshbainist addicts, they blame everybody around them. It's everybody's fault. They were stressing me. They live in a world of complete lack of self-awareness. Owned. I, I quit, that's it, I quit. And then he does the, every, all different tricks that, is, that he's just owned. But we could laugh at the addict or we could see it in ourselves. And we're also owned plenty of times. Because we don't bother to understand, to figure out. Birer Hamidus. We, the, the person the person craves the criticism there's a part that's hurt and a part that says bring it on yeah let me think through it the, the altar said that the person interested in Buramidas will soak up even when it's not true but will find maybe there's a mashu what in there can I yes do if it was said, Sashkacha, what in there can I, what can I find in there that can yes to? Is confident, has esteem enough to do that? Has, it doesn't slug you up. We're just born to work on ourselves. So yes, so what can I do? What, what? Forget that. I'm all mad. I can't put, what yes can I do? What can I do? Maybe, maybe there is a message here. Maybe there's something I can talk I'm born to improve. So bring it on. So what yes? Where can I find here something? The person of Biramidas was waiting for such a moment. So, so maybe Yes. Add can the words of the altar of Navardic. That's not Navardic. <laughs> now let's learn right there. You, you realize the Madrigas you don't, I hope you recognize. Avi recognized the treat you just got, Madrigas. But now we're going to start right there. What? Lived in the early 1900s. In Navardic, no. No. It's, it's in Russia. He lived in Russia. But I want to go weiter. The rub of the city of Nevardik was the Orch HaSholchan, believe it or not. But he wasn't the Nevardik, he was just the rub of Nevardik, the Orch he, he was Niftri over 100 years old. He was there, he was very old, Orch In Connecticut, in Durham, Connecticut, it's the last Nevardik issue. So let me read, Rabbi Say. Let me read, let me read for you. Let me read you right. Per didn't start talking yet, Trevor. This is all like before my Rebbe spoke. But when, I'm, when I speak and I read the Madrega Sodom, it's from my Rebbe. A person, you ready now? Now let's hear, I don't remember my Rebbe, so let's hear my Rebbe digested this out in the you, you realize how exciting Torah is. You hear the Chazal, then you hear the Rishonim and the Achreinim. We get it clarified. So let's see how Raipar viewed this piece of the altar. A person who does not feel that he must actively seek opportunities for self-improvement has a deceptive sense of his own virtue. The altar once said, listen to this line from the altar, in Ishat Torah, a Torah a person is confident he will merit what he needs in this world, but he's worried about what he will merit in the next. 
A Torah a person is confident that his needs in this world will be met. He's worried if he'll merit in the next world. Those who are not Torah people are certain about their share in the next world, but are worried about this one. What a brilliant line. Many people assume that Ganadin is waiting for them, safe and sound, and therefore they focus all their concerns on where to find the next dollar. This shakir is perpetrated at Levias regularly. Invariably, the nifter sounds incredibly righteous. The problem is that you knew him. Ouch. My father changed the nusach of the Kel Mali Rachman for Shul since not all the members were Shabbos observant. As Rev. Hankin pointed out, how could you request that a Mechal Shabbos be elevated on the wings of the Divine Presence in the lofty heights of the holy and pure ones who shine like the heavens? If he ate Chazer and smoked on Shabbos, how could you want him to join the hallowed presence of Rabbeinu HaKadosh, Rav Ashi and Rashi? Do we have no principles at all? He, his grave sins are not atoned by a $5 pledge, pledge from Mishaber. Instead, my father said, may he find proper rest and forgiveness, atonement and pardon. That's honesty. He changed the nuskh, the Kel Malay Rachman, for a guy who was eating chazer. He refused to be dishonest. People are uncertain about many things, but they are absolutely sure they will go to Gan Eden. A common refrain about Anifter is he was being rewarded Gan Eden, he's in a better world. For what exactly? Simply because he died? When did a tombstone become an accomplishment? People need to collect the chosen by doing the right things in life. That's the only way to earn reward in the world to come. Wow. Throwing it down. <laughs> We daven at the end of Uvalitzian that we should fulfill Hashem's mitzvahs and be zeichet to enter Elam Abav. We don't simply wake up in the morning and say Uvalitzian. Only after davening most of Shachs are we ready to make this great request of Hashem that we should follow His commandments to receive Elam Abav. It is not automatic. Many people keep Shabbos for a longer time than the letter of the law requires. For example, some people keep Shabbos till 72 minutes after Shkir, even if they don't assume that this is the actual halacha. The Ramban says when a person's soul leaves Gehenim on Shabbos, the length of his reprieve depends on how long he used to keep Shabbos. If he kept Shabbos for a longer time, then he's exempt from Gehenim for a longer time. Think about that for a moment. The Ramban is saying that someone who is machmer on the Zmanim of Shabbos can avoid Gehenim for a longer time. Clearly such a person is an observant Jew. We're talking about a Jew like us who puts on tefillin, says Kriya Shema and is careful about Shabbos. The Ramban still advises him how to maximize his reprieve from Gehenim. Don't be so sure that your afterlife will be swell. You don't have Elam Haba in your pocket. I once heard from Shurkin that a Yid can be at Sadiq all his life, but it, if he is malm pnechaver a single time, if he loses, if he embarrasses somebody, he loses all his he earned in that moment. Can you be so sure that you never did such a thing? How are you so confident that you're in my book? Person thinks he's always right, believes that he needs no improvement. There's a nice, comfy seat in Ganadin with his name on it, and he has no worries. But if you understand the tenuous nature of your future reward, you will be eager to accept criticism. What's tenuous mean? Tenuous means like risky. It's tenuous. It's not. It's not hanging by a thin thread. Good. Tenuous means hanging by a thread. Okay. So that was the first thing. Next. Next, Rabbi. So this is on the same topic. Last thing, and then and then we'll get this on. The the great thing is, Rabbi said, is exciting. This is Purim. This total Ashkach. I picked this Ashkach. I did not realize when I picked it. This whole topic is going to lead us right into Purim. What Ashkacha? It's going to lead us into Amalek. Please listen to this. Such was the case. We're going to continue on. We're talking about a person who's honest. Birr Hamidus. Listen to this. Such was the case with David Amalek. This is the Alt of Nevardic talking, not my Rebbe. Such was the case with David Amalek, Zevala. When Nasan Anavi came to rebuke him, about the incident with Basheva. The Navi says to David HaMelech, he did Navera. David replied, what was his immediate reply? I have sinned to Hashem, Chatasi. He reacted thus, despite the fact that Chazal say that anyone who says David HaMelech's sin is mistaken, and there was no failing on David's part. I don't understand. Listen to the altar's kasha, bomb kasha. This is gorgeous. To be born for, Yes. The Gemara Shabbos The Gemara Shabbos says whoever says David Amelach sinned is is mistaken. If you say David Amelach sinned, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're a taya. You're wrong. He had no flaws. How can the Gemara say that? 
What did David HaMelech say to the, Nassim, to the, to the Navi Nassim when he said, David, you have sinned? He said, Chatasi. Says the altar, Nevardik, Chazal testify about him that he did it all with a righteous plan. And David himself, David himself knew that he was a righteous person with no valid claims against him. As such, David could have prosecuted Nassim as a rebel against the king. The Navi said he sinned. Yet he responded, I have sinned to Hashem. Why? Had not the Torah itself borne witness that he had not sinned? Certainly then he should have defended himself. Even if he had been at fault, people are naturally reluctant to confess and they try all manner of tricks to paint their failings into accomplishments. Yet David confessed to a sin he had not done. How can we understand this? The explanation is as follows. An elevated person realizes that if his actions cause others to suspect him of wrongdoing, that constitutes a flaw. He considers the mere appearance of wrongdoing to be intrinsically a sin as it borders on Chil Hashem. He knows that perfection demands that his actions be unquestionably pure, with no room for misinterpretation. Since David had not done so, he felt that he had sinned against Hashem and answered accordingly. Gorgeous, gorgeous. You see what it means, a person of truth. Chazal are made the Gemara Shabbos that David HaMelech didn't sin. Whoever said he sinned is a toya. And the Navi says to David, you sin, David should take his head off. Mayrit B'Malchus, you rebel against the king who had not sinned, and David knew he didn't sin. And he says, Chatasi, I have sinned. Says the altar, great people know that not only do you have to be right, you have to look right. Nakiyah. You have to be naki in the eyes of Hashem and people. You have to be not just right, you have to look right to people. Don't do things which don't look right to people. So, so if, if the Navi said you sinned and he knew he didn't sin, but if it looked like a sin, I'm wrong. That's a person who's looking for perfection. Who's looking for perfection. What a secure person. To say chatasi. When he didn't sin, he said chatasi. Because epis, epis, epis. Was it perfect in the perfect way? I'll work on that too. Let's read now, right, Paris. But we're going to get to, oh, we're going to get to, this comes right. In. Why did Shaul Melech lose the Malucha? Because when he was told he sinned, he didn't say, I sinned. He said, I listened to Hashem. He denied it. That's Mamish Daftoyer in this coming week's parish, my friends. Shaul Melech loses, because when he sinned in this Daftoyer in this coming week's parish, it's parish Zacher. When he said, accused, why didn't you kill Agog? He was supposed to kill Arov HaMelech. He first denies it. David HaMelech and Shaul both quote-unquote Abachet. David HaMelech is Melech Yisroel retains the Malucha forever because he says Chatasi, I sinned and Shaul loses what? says right there there's a story told about the altar of Slobodka one summer the Bachar rebuked him saying I heard that you were socializing with girls Rebbe the Bachar protested it's not true you Russia the altar responded on top of that you want it to be true it doesn't, he was saying it doesn't have to be true on top of that, you want, if it would also be true, I would kill you, though. The altar says, like, you want it also? He, I'm rebuking you that they're saying this. The altar said to the guy, they're saying on you, you talk to the girls. So I said, Rebbe, it's not true. So he yelled at him. He said, if it, you want it to also be true? If it would be true, I'd be angry at you. I'm telling you they said this about you. That they're saying it. So, so, make sure, so clean up yourself that they're saying it. If you are surrounded by negative rumors that indicates a failing on your part, why are people reporting such stories about you? I spoke to a boy the other day, and I told him off for not learning. He denied it, but his Rebbe and the Manal said he's clearly not learning. It is very hard for people to accept the truth about themselves. You don't want to hear your self-worth. You do not want your self-worth to be shattered by the truth. So you live in denial. A truly great person can accept the truth and remain intact. Otherwise, acknowledging the essential phoniness of your life can leave you in pieces. If you haven't accomplished real things, you live with a constructed, paper-thin reality, and those bands dissipate as soon as a person leaves this world. 
that people very busy with their narrative of, I told my kids this. I told my kids that unhealthy people, I, we were driving together upstate, and I wanted to talk to them about being honest people. I told them there are people who live with a narrative about themselves, and they're always busy, like, making sure the narrative is, like, carried. There are people who have a narrative that they're not into, they don't know anything about Gashmias, like, they're not into this world. And they're always busy protecting the narrative. I don't know, I know the guy, he's very worldly, he knows what a good steak is, he's very worldly. But he wants a narrative, and they're always building a narrative. Instead of being an honest, authentic person, stop building a narrative. Stop building a certain persona that you want that persona. Be yourself and be true. The story of Dovin and Bathsheba is not mm-hmm. simple. Some say that it was indeed a sin, and others say that although it was not, it was not the more severe of Avashish Ish, there was still general moral failing at work. Certainly the way David handled Uriah was flawed. David was technically entitled to kill Uriah as Bathsheba's husband for his insubordinate language. However, the fact that he had him killed in a roundabout way by sending what happened was David Amelech took Bathsheba's husband and sent him to the battle lines and had him killed. There's a big child that David do a sin, then he married Bathsheba. So did he do an Aveir or not? It's a machloikis in the Gemara and Shabbos. The fact that he had him killed in a roundabout way by setting to the front lines, rather than simply executing him, reveals that David was not comfortable with the decision to kill him. Considering the context, David seemed to feel that the story as a whole was not nucky. This is the altar's point. A person must be nucky with himself and with the world. Perfectly pure. Years ago, an armed robber broke into my home. And during that encounter, it was possible that I'd end up killing him in self-defense. In the end, I didn't. And my children told me they were happy. I could live without blood on my hands. Of course, the halacha says that you kill a raidif. But at the end of the day, there's blood on your hands. In Divrei Ayamim, HaKosh Baruch Hu tells David Amel that he may not build a Beis HaMilich because of all the blood he spilled during his lengthy military career. Of course, every drop he spilled was a mitzvah. He killed murderers, gangsters, people who were out to harm Jews. Someone who bombs a house of terrorists deserves a Yashikayach. They should make a parade for him. Nevertheless, Hashem does not want a warrior to build a Beis HaMikdash. Only Shlomo, a man of peace, could do it. The Pasuk in Bamidbar charges us with being clean and pure before Hashem and all Jews. It's not enough to simply be pure in Hashem's eyes. Your purity must shine through so plainly that even people around you see it. This story with David contrasts sharply with the time Shmuel rebuked Shal for failing to wipe out Amalek this week's Haftarah. Shal at first argued that he indeed followed Hashem's command. When he subsequently admitted to the sin, he blamed it on the people. Only when Shmuel began to weep did Shaul unreservedly confess to the sin. It was very hard for him to admit fault. Chazal Darsh from the Pasuk and Shmuel, Ben Shana Shaul B'Molcha, that Shaul was the, like a one-year-old who had never tasted sin. He was a big tzaddik. Sometimes a particularly innocent person has a harder time admitting that he did wrong. It rubs too much against his grain to accept that he is less pure than he thought. Years ago, I had a conversation about religion with my wife's obstetrician. What's that? That's an eye doctor? An obstetrician is what? Eye doctor, right? He was Jewish but not from. He said it's too hard to give up eating in non-kosher restaurants because the food is just so good. But it was clear from the conversation there was something else underlying his reluctance. All his life he had done the right thing. He grew up a good, obedient boy, always listening to his parents. He then worked hard to build a successful career in the helping professions. It was very difficult for him to accept that he was a bad boy for eating non-kosher. He identified himself as an all-around good boy. He could not accept otherwise. It's fascinating. My Rebbe said that the guy was a goody-goody. So to do tshuva was to say, I'm not, the good, I'm not such a goody-goody like I think I am. That he couldn't admit. That's my Rebbe uptight. That's deep. He uptouched, the guy couldn't do tshuva, he was too, a guy who identifies, I'm not perfect, I'm not such a goody-goody, so I'll do tshuva also. <laughs> this guy felt he was a goody-goody to do tshuva, that was out of his league to say, I'm not so good. There was a certain Russian author who once wrote a description of a person grappling with his imminent death. He wonders to himself, I was a good boy all my life, how could I be dying? My mommy loved me, hugged me, and called me her little angel. There must be some mistake here. When you're a good boy, it's hard to believe things can befall you. You feel you deserve reward and it does not include dying. <laughs> he ends off, he ends off, 
It's so important to learn to say Chatasi, I sinned. Not just I am sorry, but I did wrong. Chatasi. That's what this shmuz of the altar of Nevardik and my Rebbe, to learn to say Chatasi, I was wrong. What? Well, Amal, the story of Shal and Amal. Shlomo Zalman says, why is that per se like related to Purim? It is the story of Shaul HaMelech, the contrast to Shaul and David HaMelech. That Shaul, when he was told he was wrong, Shaul said, Chatasi. There's, there's many reasons it connects in other ways to the Purim story. Mordechai HaTzadik tells the people that the reason for Xeris Haman is our Avera, and the reason we were Zeich to Yeshua is we did Shuvah, we said Chatasi. We said, you're right, we sinned. Either eating the party or bowing to the Tzelem. But a huge part of life is the admission, Chatasi, I was wrong. You need to be secure enough to say it. You need to be secure enough to hear rebuke, Teichacha. I have told the guys before, it's easy, Chaim, to set ourselves up with a, in a fortress. A guy can easily set himself up that nobody can criticize him. If his wife dares say something wrong, he gets all mad. If he, he puts a fortress, then there's nobody. When you're a bacher, so you're open to some mean rabbi who can criticize you. You're married, you're not in yeshiva, nobody criticizes you. open your own business, you have no boss that can criticize you, now you're good to go. You could set yourself up that nobody can criticize you, or you could be a person whose entire life's about improvement. Birr Hamidas. I'm a good guy. Having flaws doesn't make you good. I'm a delicious, beautiful Ebed Hashem. Now, if there's a flood, that's not fun, but I'm here to fix myself and get better. Somebody criticizes me, you say, what in is it is true? The rest of your life, strive to be like David HaMelech. When the Gemara testifies it wasn't true, he says to the Navi, Chatasi, I sinned. Because if you feel I sinned, then I still have work to do. He said, Chatasi, he didn't give any, no, Chatasi, you're right, you're right, you know what? If it, you even appeared that way, it's easy to say, well, you're in a bad, well, no, no, Chatasi, I sinned. Chatasi, I sinned. It's, it's funny that there's so many parts to the Megillah, perhaps an overlooked part of the Megillah, perhaps, is Klal Yisrael getting rebuked by Mordechai. Do tshuva, the three days of Tzayim were tshuva, and Klal Yisrael accepting, we sinned. Except you made a mistake. The Rambam says if there's a tzara, it's achzarius, not to be chayzeh tshuva is cruelty. And people have that power to just ignore our, our mistakes. And the ability, the successful person who says, chatasi, I sinned. I have what to perfect. Our president. What? Our president is like that. That he admits? No, he doesn't. Oh, that's what mad at We need a car Tough stuff today, tough stuff, no? Powerful, powerful. What does the Chevra say about this? Fire. I want feedback. Are you, what are you, Taina? <laughs> Everybody's thinking. Chaim, what do you hold about this? Maish? Elia, what do you hold? Wow, you were paying the most attention everybody. He was paying the most attention of everybody. He said, I said, Ellie, what are you all? I wasn't paying attention. We just, then we practiced for hours this before. He just said, Chatasi, Chatasi. I spaced down. We're talking about the honesty, Chatasi. It's amazing. My father taught me something when I was a youngster. Zevi, listen to this. When I was a youngster, if my father yelled at us, Ellie, listen, if my father yelled at us, little kids get angry at the one yelling at them. It's called pouting. <laughs> like, and then you're mad at the guy. My father would then yell at me for pouting. I remember a certain instance where he yelled at me, and then I gave him, like, attitude. He yelled at me for that. I did it once to a bacher. A bacher in front of the shear said a bad word. I stopped shear and I ripped him. I ripped I felt berabim. A rebbe can't be quiet. Then everybody learns. You're allowed to say things. I felt I had to rip him on the spot. I just went wild. And he said a bad word. We're sitting around the table in Beis Medrash. I said a bad word. So I ripped him. After I ripped him, he started like, like getting mad at me, like giving me faces. Ooh, then I ripped getting mad at Chutzpah. Chutzpah. You're not a man. I told Chotasi, this shmooze at the altar. We have, we have, we, we have babies. Somebody rips you. Then we like get mad at 
And we have a lot of manipulative ways to show we're mad. We walk out and, man up, man up the person. It's hard. I don't say, oh, I'm so happy I got ripped. The person's secure. I want you to be a secure guy. You're beautiful. You learned here you're beautiful. You know what the result of being in Waterbury is? People think Waterbury is a lenient place. We're tough. The result of knowing I'm great is people can be tough on me. Rebbeim are tough. I, I hope. If a Rebbe's not tough, he's not a Waterbury Rebbe. I'm serious because the honest right? I was sneaking with marks of every Rebbe. They give it to the guy straight. I was, I was yesterday telling about a very harsh musr. He thanked me. You're telling, you're telling me straight. Okay, so if we're successful here that people feel the, the good they should feel and the love they should feel and the importance they should feel, so then we could be honest and tough. Some people don't let you be tough. If you're honest, like that's the biggest crime you ever were. Okay? The guy's not healthy enough for honesty. Okay, so then you want dishonesty. Okay, here goes. <laughs> but, but honesty you want. You're secure. You're beautiful. You're a wonderful person. But you have to be beautiful and wonderful. In an environment, you're not beautiful and wonderful. I always wanted a Rebbe who made me feel beautiful and, made, and, and then told me the truth. If I'm not amazing and you tell me the truth, then I can't handle it. Isn't that funny? I yelled at the guy then. I learned it from my father. First, he got yelled at for using a bad word. Then he got yelled at for being angry at me for yelling at him. He got another yelling I told him, and, and the guy was such a great guy. He, he was apologized for both things. He knew I was right. I loved the guy. He was a great, every guy in the share loved him. He said a bad word. He deserved to be yelled at. Then man up and say, I shouldn't say I have to be more self-controlled. Then you're angry at the guy who's, who's yelling at you. Should give him a kiss for yelling at you. You're not secure enough. You're, you're such a hurt guy. You're an awesome guy. Now man up. If we used to pout, if you, you know what I'm saying, pouting? Yeah. My father would yell at us, and then we would like give him attitude for yelling at us. We got yelled at for that. I love him for that. We're born to work on ourselves. Be secure, guy, and you got told off. It's not fun, and people don't always mean for our benefit. But, but instead of being angry at the guy, aren't we born to perfect? So a guy in an anger says a mean line to your friend. I was 19, it happened to me. The guy changed my life with Taif, only because of my rebel. Because without my Rebbe, I just would have been angry at him. Because of my Rebbe, a guy said a mean line in anger. He changed my life for time. So he was angry. He said, is this? So what? Of this, we need a good song. We need a good, happy song. <laughs>